Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. on your phone and then when I try to go on it when I'm getting off of something I'm like yeah scrolling through everything to get off of it yeah on my phone yeah yeah that's probably why your phone never works with something (laughs) yeah I don't want to know what would happen if you went on every app on your phone I mean let's see how many are open on my phone right now okay one two three four Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two, thirty-three, thirty-four, thirty-five, thirty-six, thirty-seven apps were open. Why do they stay open anyways? What is the fling fling and point? Just saying, like No, I'm saying like when I click out of it, just be done with it. Be gone, demon! I'm just saying. Listen. Listen, Linda. My name's not Linda. Haven't you ever seen that meme where he says, Listen, Linda! Listen, Linda! You've never seen that meme? Actually, it's not a meme, it's a video. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Well. Oh, we didn't. Uh, oh! We didn't upload the second video. I mean, the second. Think today we gotta oh, oh people are gonna be surprised because they're gonna have three tomorrow morning. Cool. Okay. Well, beautiful. Okay, that noise is like just too much. Ask Angren to go put get get you some water. Yeah. Okay. Hold, please, people. And again, the magic of editing. She's back, everyone. It's like they blinked and you're back. Yeah. <laughs> okay, ready? A series of unfortunate events by... Lemony Snicket. Book the 11th. The Grim Grotto. Oh, that reminds me of Ariel's Grotto in Disneyland. Oh, I love Disneyland. I want to go. I'm starting to save. I started our, um, our little box to save our money. Okay, for Beatrice, dead women tell no tales. Sad men write them down. Creepy, crappy. I'm not saying crappy. I'm saying creepy, like with an accent. I don't think that's really a bad word. That's true. Don't say that if it's a bad word. I was saying creepy. Sorry, guys. All right, all right, all right. Let's get to it. And these, I'm sorry. I know I complain a lot about it, but, like, these chapters just keep, no. they just keep, Stop. no, they Stop. just keep getting longer. You're, you're not the one reading out loud. They keep getting longer and longer, you guys. Oh, my God. Okay. Chapter one. After a great deal of time examining oceans, investigating rainstorms, and staring very hard at several drinking fountains, the scientists of the world 
developed a theory regarding how water is distributed around our planet, which they have named the water cycle. The water cycle? Tradition. I can't get through a sentence without yawning. Sorry, guys. The water cycle consists of three key phenomena. Evaporation, precipitation, and collection. Or precipitation. I should know that. My goodness. And all of them are equally boring. Of course, it is boring to read about about boring things. But it is better to read something that makes you yawn. See, I yawned. With with boredom than something that will make you weep uncontrollably. (sighs) Pound your fist against the floor and leave tear stains all over your pillowcase. Sheets and boomerang collection. Okay. Strange. Like the water cycle, the tale of the Baudelaire children consists of three key phenomena. But rather than read their story tale, it would be best if you read something about the water cycle instead. Violet, the eldest phenomenon, was nearly 15 years old and very nearly best inventor in the, that the world had ever seen. As far as I could tell, she was certainly the best inventor who had ever found herself trapped in a gray waters of stricken stream, clinging desperately to a toboggan that she was carried away from the Valley of Four Drafts. And if I were you... I would prefer to focus on the boring phenomenon of evaporation, which refers to the process of water turning into vapor and eventually forming clouds rather than think about the turmoil that awaited the bottom of the Mortmain Mountains. Klaus was the second eldest Baudelaire sibling, but it would but it would be better for your health. It would be better for your health if you concentrated on the boring phenomenon of precipitation which refers to vapor turning back into water and falling into rain or falling as rain rather than spending even one more moment thinking about the phenomenon of Klaus's excellent skills as a researcher and the amount of trouble and woe these skills would bring him once he had he and his siblings met up with Count Olaf, the notorious villain who had been after these children ever since their parents had perished in a terrible fire. And even Sunny Baudelaire, who had recently passed out baby passed out of babyhood, is a phenomenon all to herself, not only for her very sharp teeth, which had helped the Baudelaires in a number of unpleasant circumstances, but also for her newfound skills as a cook, which had fed the Baudelaires in a number of unpleasant circumstances. Although the phenomenon of a collection in which just which describes the gathering of fallen rain onto one place so it can evaporate once more and begin the entire tedious process all over again. It's probably the most boring phenomenon in the water cycle. It would be far better for you to get up and go right to your nearest library and spend every sit, spend several boring days reading every single boring fact that you can find about collection, the, about collection. I think they mean water collection because the phenomenon of what happens to Sunny Baudelaire over the course of these pages is the most dreadful phenomenon. Phen- What's the difference between phenomena, phenomena, and phenomenon? I don't know. No, I can think of. And well, I, how am I supposed to know? You're older than me. Actually, that's a really good question, but you know what that just reminded me of? Phenomena. Oh my god, me too, dude. You are so my kid. (laughs) 
Now every time it says that I'm gonna that's gonna be in my head. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> the water cycle may be a series of boring phenomena, but the story of the Baudelaire's is something else entirely and is ex and is an excellent opportunity to read something boring instead of learning what became of the Baudelaire's as the rushing waters of the stricken stream carried away from the mountains. What will become of us? Violet said, raising her voice to be heard over the rushing water. I don't think I can invent anything to stop this toboggan. Uh, yeah, she's in rushing water. I think that's an understatement. I don't think you should try it, Klaus called back to his sister. The arrival of false spring has thawed the streams and the waters are still very cold. If one, if one of us fell into the stream, I'm sure, I'm not sure how long we would survive. Quigley, Sunny whimpered, the youngest Baudelaire, often talked this way in a way that her speech could be difficult to understand, but lately her speech had been developing as almost as quickly as her cooking skills, and her siblings knew that Sunny was referring to Quigley Quagmire, with whom the Baudelaire's had recently become friends. Quigley had helped Violet and Klaus reach the top of Mount Fraught in order to find the VFD headquarters and rescue Sunny from the Count oh, from Count Olaf's clutches. But another tributary of the tr- stricken stream had carried him off in the opposite direction. And the cartographer, a word here which means someone who is very good with maps and whom the Baudelaire was particularly fond, didn't even have a toboggan to keep him out of the chilly water. I'm sure Quigley has got, gotten out of the water, Violet said quickly, although, of course, she, was not, she wasn't sure of such a thing. I only wish that we knew, he knew where, I knew where he was going. He told us to meet him somewhere, but the waterfall interrupted him. The toboggan bobbed in the water, and as Klaus reached into his pocket and drew out a, drew out a dark blue notebook. The notebook had been a gift from Quigley, and Klaus was using it as a commonplace book. Phrase here, which means notebook, in which he wrote interesting and useful information. We decoded that message telling us about the important VFT, VFD gathering on Thursday, he said, and thanks to Sunny, we know that that meeting is at Hotel Dumont. Maybe that's where Quigley wants to meet us, he said, at the safe place. But we don't know where it is, Violet pointed out. How can we meet someone in the unknown location? The three Baudelaire sighed, and for a few moments, the siblings sat quietly on the toboggan and listened to the gurgling of the stream. (sighs) Sorry, guys. The three Baudelaire sighed, and for a few moments, the siblings sat quietly on the toboggan and listened to the gurgling of the stream. There are some people who like to watch a stream for hours, staring at the glittery water and thinking about the mysteries of the world. The waters of the stricken stream were too dirty too, too dirty to glitter, and every mystery that the children tried to solve seemed to reveal even more mysteries, and even more of those mysteries contained mysteries. So when they pondered these mysteries, it felt more over, and it felt more, wait, they felt more overwhelmed than thoughtful. They knew that VFD was a secret organization, but they couldn't seem to find out that much about what it, that organization did, or why they should be, con- why it should concern the Baudelaire's. They knew that Count Olaf was very eager to find his filthy, get his filthy hands on a certain sugar bowl, but they had no idea what the sugar bowl was so important or where in the world it was. They knew that there were people in the world that could help them, 
but so many of these people, guardians, friends, and bankers, had proven to be no help at all, or had vanished from their lives just when the Baudelaire needed them most. And they knew that there were people in the world who could not help them, villainous people, and their, and their numbers seemed to be growing as their treachery and wickedness tickled over the, trickled over the earth like a dreadful water cycle of woe and despair. But the white-faced woman quit, so there's two less, right? Do they end up coming back? No, they're done. Okay. Mom, you can't say that. I am asking you a question, and I just want to know if you know. I'm allowed Can to ask. Can you say it on the podcast? Yeah, they're probably thinking the same thing. Like, I wonder where those people went. Okay. If we stay in the toboggan, Violet said finally, where do you think that we'll go? Down the mountains, Klaus said. Water runs downhill, and stricken stream probably leads out of the Mortmain Mountains into the Hinderlands, and then eventually it leads to some larger body of water, a lake or an ocean. From there, we can, the water will evaporate into the clouds as the rain and the snow fall and so on. Tedium, Sunny said. The water cycle's quite dull, said Klaus. Uh, Klaus agreed, but it might be the easiest way to get us away from Count Olaf. That's true, Violet said. Olaf said he'd be right behind us. Esmelita, Sunny said, which meant something like, along with Esme Squalor and Carmelita Spatz, and the Baudelaire's frowned as they thought of Olaf's girlfriend, who partic- who partic- what? Oh, part- oh my god, who participated in that, tr- in Olaf's schemes because she believed that his treachery was, and deception were very stylish, or in as the former classmate of the Baudelaire's who had recently joined Olaf for selfish reasons of their own. So we're just going to sit here on this toboggan, Violet asked, and see where it takes us. Uh, It's not much of a plan, Klaus admitted, but I can't think of a better one. Passive, Sunny said to her siblings, nodding gloomily. Passive is an unusual word for a baby to say and in fact it is an unusual word to hear from a Baudelaire and anyone else who leads an interesting life it merely means accepting what is happening without doing anything and certainly everyone has passive moments from time to time perhaps you've experienced some passive moments at the shoe store when you sat in the chair as the shoe salesperson forced your feet into a series of ugly and uncomfortable shoes, when all the while, all you wanted was a bright red pair with strange buckles that nobody on earth was going to buy for you. The Baudelaire's had experienced a passive moment at Briny Beach, where they had learned the terrible news about their parents and had numbly led by Mr. Poe toward their new unfortunate lives. I recently experienced... A passive moment myself sitting in a chair with a shoe salesperson as he forced my feet into a series of ugly and uncomfortable positions when all I wanted was a bright pair of shoes, a bright red pair of shoes with a strange buckle that nobody on earth was going to buy for me. But that passive moment in the middle of rushing stream when the villainous people are hot on your trail is difficult moment to accept, which is why the Baudelaire's fidgeted on a toboggan as the stricken stream carried them further and further downhill. Just as I fidgeted as just as I fidgeted as I tried to plan my escape from that sinister shoe emporium. Violet fidgeted and thought of Quigley, hoping that he had managed to escape from the cold water and get himself to safety. 
Klaus fidgeted and thought of VFD, hoping that, sh that he could still learn more about the organization, even though their headquarters had been destroyed. And Sonny fidgeted and thought of the first of the fish in the stricken stream who had occasionally stuck their heads out of the ashen water to cough. She was wondering if all the ashes were left in the water by a recent fire in the mountains, and which made it difficult for the fish to breathe. But the fish would not taste very good, even if you've used a recipe with plenty of butter and lemon. The Baudelaire's were so busy fidgeting and thinking of the toboggan, thinking when the toboggan rounded one of the odd square sides of the mountain peak. It was a moment before they noticed the view of the spread below them. Only with a few scraps of newspaper that blew in front of their faces did the Baudelaire's look down and gasp at what they saw. What is it, Violet said. I don't know. It's hard to tell from so high up. Subjavik, Sunny said, and she spoke the truth. From this side of the main mountain, the Baudelaire's had experienced had expected to see the hinderlands in a vast expanse of flat landscape where they had spent most had spent quite some time instead it looked like the world had turned into a dark dark sea as far as they could see there were swirls of gray and black moving strange eels in shadowy waters every so often one of the swirls would release a small fragile object that would float up towards the baudelaire's like a feather some of those objects were scraps of newspaper others appeared to be tiny bits of cloth and some were so dark that they would be utterly unrecognizable, a phrase here which Sunny preferred to be expressed as, expressed as subchivic. Okay, so it's all water down there? Oh my gosh, it all flooded. Klaus squinted down through his glasses and then turned to his sister with a look of despair. I know what it is, Klaus said quietly. It's the ruins of the fires. The Baudelaire's looked down again and saw that Klaus was right. From such a height, it had, been, it had taken the children a moment to realize that the great fire had raged through the hinderlands, leaving only, an ash, only ashen scrapes behind. Of course, Violet said. It's strange that we didn't recognize it before, but who, who, who would set fire to the hinderlands? We did, Klaus said. Caligari, Sunny said, reminding Violet of the terrible carnival which the Baudelaire's had spent time in disguise. Sadly, as a part of their disguise, it had been necessary to assist Olaf in burning down the carnival, and now they could see the fruits of their labors. <sighs> a phrase here which means the result of their terrible, the terrible things that they did, even if they didn't mean to do it at all. The fire isn't our fault, Violet said. Not entirely. We had to help Olaf. Otherwise, he would have discovered our disguises. Well, duh, they were like saving their own lives, right, Pei? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He discovered their disguises anyways, Klaus pointed out. Noble lame, Sunny said, which meant something like, but it's still not our fault. Sunny's right, Violet said. We didn't think of the plot. Olaf did. And we didn't stop him either, Klaus pointed out. And plenty of people think that we're entirely responsible. These scraps of newspaper are probably from the Daily Punctilio, which has blamed us for all sorts of p terrible crimes. You're right, Violet said with a, with a sigh. I have since discovered that Klaus was wrong and that scraps of paper blowing around the Baudelaire's from, from another publication would have been an enormous help. And they stopped to collect the pieces. Maybe we should be passive for a while. Being active hasn't really helped us much in any case. In any case, Klaus said, we should stay on the toboggan. Fire can't hurt us if we're floating on a stream. Is it still on fire? 
No. It doesn't look like we have a choice, Violet said. Look. The Baudelaire's looked and saw that the toboggan was approaching some sort of intersection where another, it's okay, tributary of the stricken stream was meeting up with theirs. The stream was now much wider and water even rougher, so the Baudelaire's had to hang on tight in order not to be thrown in the deepening waters. We must be approaching a larger body of water, Klaus said. We're further along in the cycle than I thought. Do you think the tributary carried Quigley away? Violet said, craning her head to look for her missing friend. Selfwa, Sunny cried, which meant, we can't think about Quigley right now. We have to think about ourselves and our youngest Baudelaire. And the youngest Baudelaire was right. With a great whoosh, the stream turned into another square corner with moments... Within moments, the waters of the stream were churning so violently that it left. It felt as if the Baudelaire's were riding in a wild horse rather than a broken toboggan. Can you steer the toboggan towards the shore? Klaus cried over the stream. No, Violet cried. The steering me- mechanism broke when we rode it down the rode down the waterfall. If the stream's too wide, to and the stream is too wide to paddle there. Violet found a ribbon in her hair and paused to tie up her hair in order to think better. She gazed down at the toboggan and tried to think of the various mechanical blueprints that she had read in her childhood. But when her parents were alive and supportive of all of her interests in mechanical engineering. (gasps) Sorry, guys. The runners of the toboggan, she said, and then repeated repeated it in sh- in a shout to be heard over the water. The runners! They help the toboggan maneuver the snow, but they may also help us steer on the water. What are the runners? Klaus asked, looking around. On the bottom of the toboggan, Violet cried. And posse cattle? Sunny said, which meant something like, how can we get to the bottom of the toboggan? I don't know, Violet said frantically. Checked, checked, frantically checked as and frantically checked her pockets for any inventing materials she had been carrying along with the bread knife but it was now long gone probably carried away by the stream along with quigley when she had used it last she looked straight ahead at the frothy rush of water threatening to engulf them she gazed up at the distant shore of the stream which grew more and more distant as the stream continued to widen and she looked at her siblings who were watching from the watching for her inventing skills to save them. Her siblings looked back, and all three Baudelaire's looked at one another for a moment, blinking those the dark water out of their eyes as they tried to think of something to do. Just that moment, however, one more eye arrived, also blinking in the water as it rose out of the stream, right in front of the Baudelaire's. At first, it seemed to be the eye of something some terrible sea creature found by books of the mythology and swimming in pools of certain resorts resorts but as the toboggan took them closer the children could see that that eye was made of metal perched up on top of a long metal pole and curved at the top of the eye so that they could get a better look at them oh so that they could get a better look at them it is very unusual to see a metal eye rising up out of rushing water of a stream and yet this eye was something that the Baudelaire's had seen many times on their first encounter with the eye tattoo on Count Olaf's left ankle. It was the eye, and it was the insignia. Oh, the eye was the insignia. And when you look at it in a certain way, it also looked like three mysterious letters. VFD, cried Sunny. VFD! 
as the toboggan drew even closer. What is it? Klaus said. It's a periscope, Violet said. Submarines use them to look at things above the water. Does that mean, Klaus said, that there's a submarine beneath us? Violet did not have to answer because the eye rose further out of the water and the orphans could see that the pole was attached to a large flat piece of metal, most of which was underwater. The toboggan drew closer until the periscope was in reach and then stopped halfway up, halfway a raft. Well, st- wait, stopped. The halfway at what? The halfway a raft will stop when it hits a large rock. Okay, that doesn't make sense. Look, Violet cried as the stream rushed around them. She pointed to the pointed to a hatch just at the bottom of the periscope. Let's knock. Maybe they can hear us. But we have no idea who's inside, Klaus said. <gasps> Take Shanann's, Sunny shrieked, which meant it's our only chance to travel safely through these waters. And she leaned down on the hatch and scraped it with her teeth. Her siblings joined her, preferring to use their fists as they pounded on the metal. Hello, Violet cried. Hello, Klaus cried. Shalom, Sunny cried. Over the sound of rushing stream, the Baudelaire's heard a very dim sound coming from behind the hatch. That sound was a human voice that had a very deep and echoey as sound as if it were coming from the bottom of a well. Friend or foe, it said. The Baudelaire's looked at one another and knew, as I'm sure that you know, that a friend or foe is a, tr- a traditional greeting directed as a visitor who approaches an important place, such as a royal place or fiercely guarded sh- shoe store and must identify themselves as either a friend or a foe of the people inside but the siblings did not know if they were friends or foes for the simple reason if they had no idea who they were talking to what should we say violet asked lowering her voice the i might mean if we're count olaf's submarine in which case we're foes the i might mean vfd submarine klaus said in which case we're friends Obvio, Sunny said, which means there's only one answer that will get us in the submarine, she said to the hatch. Friend. There was a pause and the echoey voice spoke again. Password, please. It said the Baudelaire's looked at one another. A password, of course. It's a certain word or phrase that one utters in order to receive information or enter a secret place. To enter a secret place. And the siblings, of course... had no idea what they should say in order to enter the submarine. For a moment, none of the children said anything, merely tried to think, although although they wished that they were quieter so that they could think without distracting the sound of the rushing water and the coughing fish. They wished that instead of being stranded on a toboggan in the middle of the stricken stream, they were in some quiet room such as the Baudelaire Library where they could sit in silence and read up on the pass what the password might be but as these three siblings thought of one library one sibling remembered another ruined vfd library that in the valley of four drafts which the headquarters had once stood violet thought of an iron archway one of the few remnants of the library and the motto that was etched into it. The eldest Baudelaire looked at the siblings and then leaned down to look at the hatch and repeated the mysterious words that she had seen and that she hoped would bring her and her siblings to safety. The world is quiet here, she said. There was a pause with a loud metal creak 
and the hatch opened, and the siblings peered inside the dark hole, which had a ladder running alongside of it so they could climb down. They shivered, and not just from the icy chill of the mountain winds and the rushing dark waters of stricken stream. They shivered because they did not know where they were going or who they might meet if they climbed down into the hole. Instead of entering, the Baudelaire's wanted to call something else. Call something else down the hatch. To do the same words that had been called up to them. Friend or foe, they wanted to say. Friend or foe. Would it be safer to use to enter a submarine or safer to risk their own lives outside of the rushing waters of the stricken stream? Enter, Baudelaire's, the voice said. And whether it belonged to a friend or foe, the Baudelaire's decided to climb inside. Okay, I know you know the answer, but if you didn't know the answer, what would you have guessed? I'm going to guess friend. Friend? Yeah, me too, because they're looking for a little quaggy quag little quig to the quig quig quag to the quag quag all right guys let's read the next one